Yes, we got something to talk about today here. Welcome. It must be Friday. It must be WJR, and I must be Darren McCarty, four-time Stanley Cup champion. And today is officially the start of my birthday, even though my birthday is not till opening day. Next on Thursday, today, March 26, 1997, Red Wing D-Day. Let's talk about it. Let's listen about it. I can't hear Kenny Cal, voice of the Red Wings, enough because what he has is he has the rising octaves. So when you listen to him, you can... You can understand the excitement going on in, in his voice. If you weren't around March 26, 1997, stick around for the show here. Uh, we are going to get into it. We got a great show for you tonight. Uh, I'm joined by the one and only. We've actually, it's such a big show. We had to send uh, Shawnee B to Florida and to get out of this, this mess. He couldn't handle it. He said his head was going to blow off. It was so excited for this. So Eric Dorch in the number two seat today. Filling in as best I can, buddy. Filling in as best I can. I love it. And uh, Double B, Brandon Blake, how you doing? You ready to pick those phone calls up, bud? Hold on. One more time. Turn your mic on. Yeah. It's on. There you go. There it is. <laughs> I watched the Russian Five last night and the fight on YouTube just to get prepared for tonight. All right, you're I'm all ready set. ready to go. And, and please give Double B a call, 1-800-859-0957. That is 800-859-0WJR. I, I have to start here with you. And we're also joined, thank you, by Jason uh, working the buttons. And uh, we have the best golfer that I know in the room and uh, Mrs. Dorch. Think? No. Oh, I thought you were talking uh, yeah, about exactly. me. That's I what so I said excited. when I first walked in. But we're going to, but I want to start with you guys and I'll start okay. with you, Eric, and I'll move to you, Brandon, and then Jason too. What is your memory of March 26, 97? Because as we said before, you were eight years old. I was a little one. Uh, my memory is just Kind of probably the same as a lot of people my age sitting at the house watching the game and again these were these were big matchups you as you've alluded in the past that these were this was a rivalry kind of thing so sitting there and knowing something was going to happen little fight pops off little fight pops off and it's like that's what we're going to expect for the night and then uh, Igor gets locked up and you're like okay here we go something's got to happen something's got to happen and then we all of a sudden we just see number twenty five flying right towards him so a couple eight, shots eight little eight year old little Eric Dorch knew that it knew the fact that if Larryanov was rolling around like a puppy on Christmas morning that there was some <laughs> fireworks to go off oh I just knew it, it, it eventually was going to spark it off and I, I I've heard you say and you said earlier today that Igor is the most passive person so if Igor is next, to Gandhi, Gandhi, next to Gandhi next to Gandhi so if Igor is getting involved in it then there's no way Darren McCarty is not going to find a way to get involved in something I love it. And uh, Brandon Blake, how old were you? I was three years old. So, <laughs> so you don't remember, but, but the no. fact that you look back and you watch those last night and stuff, what really hit hit you? Because what I want everybody to celebrate, as I call it, Red Wing D Day or whatever. Because when people ask me, this is where it's where it started, and what it started, it wasn't about getting the revenge yes it was about slaying the dragon but it was about getting the girl meaning we had to win the game mm -hmm. right you got to get the w the scoreboard is the only thing that matters at the end of the game so it was a connection that you guys were so young but at the end of it, it the fact that i i got the revenge and the fact that i scored the game winner and it was a proverbial everything's gonna be all right 
don't know what it means. See, you guys wouldn't understand that as much because you were younger and you hadn't got the history that you do now. So what what was your perspective? Because you knew that was going on, but after watching those two last night. For me, it's just I, I think of Detroit sports moments, and that is like in that Mount Rushmore of like greatest moments of – definitely my lifetime and i mean I, like i said i watched the fight i watched the docket which had a huge segment on it and just seeing how important it was to not just like the players but the fans and the reaction that it got out of you know the media and everything it was just such a huge moment that erupted the whole city and drove you guys to a championship. Well, honestly, if you were a kid that was raised in the late 90s or early 2000s in Detroit, this fight was kind of required reading to yes. know what, what, like this is, you said it earlier, this is our history, this is part of our history. We, If you grew up in that time, you know about this fight. Well, Jason, I'm not going to out you at all, but you are a little bit older. You and I might uh, know a few bit more of the yeah. television shows you've seen, yeah. uh, Green Acres, as I have. Um, what do you what uh, do you? Maybe remember? on Nick at Night. Oh, there you got it, boy. Uh, I was the ripe old age of 18, and uh, I remember the one thing I remember as I'm actually pulling up pictures in here is just watching the two goalies go at it. And you're like, that that never happens. These guys are on opposite ends of the ice. They don't leave their post. But, man, those two, and it was just like you could forget everybody else on the ice and just look at those two going at it. And so, they, and then, and then I, I it's hard not to think of the malice at the palace, which was seven years later, but this was that seven years earlier. I was at know. that point. That one was fun to watch. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, just, just watching the two goalies and, you know, obviously goalies wear – a lot and these two are just slugging it out you know i couldn't even imagine being in a fight with that much stuff on you know but uh yeah it was crazy that uh, was uh I, I definitely remember it uh no but i i love it and the fact of whatever and the the beauty of it was this sort of was the beginning or the rivalry had started but this usually this is a climax to to something but this is this uh something that went on for years until 2002 and it just was a back and forth heavyweight fight slugfest now like i said callers and it wouldn't be a friday night and it wouldn't be the red wing d-day if i didn't hear something positive from this guy what do you got greg from shelby on this great day warriors when the light shines through and your dreams are within, you must take your best shot and let the dream begin. Hit me. Hoo-yah. Hey, D-Mac, oh, my God, Mr. Positive loves you. Number two, uh, you pummeling that biatch uh, Lemieux on the ground with that left fist, and then you see Vernon coming down towards Wah, and they're going ready to, oh, it, it, it's a classic. Got I'm a, a little bit older than you, Mr. my friend. Positive. I love it. <laughs> yes, and I just, uh, I mean, I, 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 I can see it in the bloodied face of Wah, and unbelievable, unbelievable. I love it. I love it. And that's what it's all all about to the point, Greg, of we're still here 24 years later realizing that this is about who we all are and the fact that being a part of being a Michigander, being a Detroiter, no matter where you come from, it's representing the city and doing what's right and what's wrong. Speaking of, just so you know, Jason brought up the goalie fights. I might be able to 
<clears throat> ring-a-ding-ding somebody that might be able to talk about it. So uh, you want to stick around, We're uh, please feel free to call in 800-859-0957. That's 800-859-0WJR as I just almost gagged. Uh, but I didn't because it's March 26th and the only one that gagged on this day was Lemieux on his tongue. Anyways, this is Darren McCarty, the Darren McCarty Show, AM 760 WJR. Hey guys, happy Friday. Darren McCarty here. And what are we talking about? Oh, it's March 26. Wow, you know what? I did a lot of damage on that day that back in 1997. If, if I would have known then what I've known now, I might have told Claude Lemieux and Patrick Waugh where to go. And you know where it is. It's pain-free life centers in Troy. The high dosage, high intensity laser therapy at the cellular level. Yes, they get in. No injections, no needles. In fact, they're so confident. My boy Jeff Morton and his staff are so confident that your consultation and your first visit are free. All you have to do is give them a call. 248 859 1100 or or I'm sorry, 248 879 1100 Claude Lemieux, Patrick Wall, they'll even treat you for free. The big G, you know who he is up there. He takes care of things. Now, I might be a little biased being Darren McCarty, the four time Stanley Cup champion on this day, 24 year anniversary of Sweet Revenge. And you know what? Thanks for calling in. Please fill the lines, but I'm going to go to Tim. Timmy, you're Gordy Howe's nephew, bro. Welcome to the Darren McCarty Enforcers Show. What's going on on this happy, happy holiday in Red Wing Nation? Well, you're talking to someone that's old enough to remember um, uh, Soupy Sales and Johnny Ginger and um, all the good stuff and Goulardi when we were growing up. And I'm sitting here thinking about when I was eight years old and my Uncle Gordy teaching me how to ice skate off of Kentucky Avenue on the Snapping Turtle Ponds in the marsh in, down, or in Monroe, Michigan. Isn't that great, dude? And, and that's the one thing when I talk about and I love because that's the culture and that's who we are and that's where we come from. And, you know, that's why it's it's great to be able to stop and realize. And if if the fact that, you know, this date sparks uh, anything in your history of and, it's you know, the fact that Gordy Howe's your uncle is irrelevant. It's the fact that you grew up in Detroit and the fact that you were you're hockey and you got to learn it. And this is who we are and what it's all about. I know in Red Wing Nation right now. Um, it's the down point, but it's the culture. It's a, it's the person you talked about, the Gordy Howe, that not only taught you how to skate and how to do those things in the city. Well, he he actually him and he used to have his uh, little dog Rocket that he named after uh, Maurice Richard, and he used to bring that around all the time. It was a little teacup poodle. So Gordy Howe was the one that made let us all know that tough guys can have little dogs. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Ex- exactly. It, if I might, in honor of my uncle. I would like to invite you personally um, on um, August, let me get the right date here, August um, 16th, uh, there's going to be a charity event that involves a uh, golf shambles. And uh, one team is uh, Frank Beckman. Oh, shout out to Frank who just uh No, Frank knows everybody knows about this, but this is the first time it is actually no, going public on the air. Shout out to Frank because 
that today was his last day. Exactly. Oh, yeah. And uh, Frank man. and I got some history together. Well, awesome. Um, well, I'll tell you and I'll tell everybody out there, if there's something going on you want me to be a part of, all you have to do is email nick at darrenmccarty.com, and then we will get to it. Well, uh, on my team, is um, it's, it's Frank and Courtney against oh. me, Joe Gannon. Um, Big uh, Joe, love it. Guy Gordon. Well, you were just stack. You just stacking it with the media. No, the uh, the fourth is a um, retired public official who's clinically obese, and so that you know, um, Mr. Francis hasn't been on the golf course in over twenty years. I haven't uh, been on a golf right. course I- since nineteen seventy three. All right, bud. Thanks for the call. Uh, Unfortunately, I'm going to have to cut you short because um, we were talking beforehand. I know it's March 26th and stuff, and uh, Jason brought up uh, the fact that uh, the goalie fights sort of happened. And just a little history, Red Wing history, June 29th, 1994, the Detroit Red Wings made a trade for this guy, Mike Vernon for Steve Chason and... And this. Uh, and now Darren McCarty gets his shots in at Claude Lemieux. And look who came all the way out to try to help Patrick Waugh. Oh my goodness. You never know when to expect it, Darren McCarty said before. Well, without further ado, and and you know what? I'm glad that March 26 and the choreography that God played out is a lot better than mine. Uh, Mike Vernon, how are you, Vernie? Not so bad. There he How's is. How's it going? <laughs> <laughs> how you been, bud? Mike Vernon on the line, obviously. Uh, the the one guy, and, and, and why I wanted to talk to you, Vernie, is because obviously uh, today being the 24-year anniversary of... Uh, of the fight night at the Joe and, you know, really the catalyst uh, to, to sort of kick us off and, and sort of the, the team and stuff like that. But just what do you remember uh, of that day? And what do, you, what do you remember the moment where you were like, oh, crap, uh, here we go. Yeah, out of the net. <laughs> well, it, the, the game itself wasn't one of my uh, – one that I was uh, outstanding on. I actually did not play that well. But, you know, as soon as Patrick Waugh came out, and we all knew the previous year before what happened with Lemieux and uh, Chris Draper. So uh, you just you just see it unfold. But you see it unfold with a guy like uh, uh, Larry Onoff and Forsberg, who basically guys that have never fought in their lives, I don't believe, <laughs> uh, started this thing off. And then it just – and then uh, – and it started with Claude and, uh, and you, and uh, Patrick comes out of the net, and I'm like, oh, no, now i got to get out of the net. So I had to skate down there, and I grabbed Adam Foote's arm, and he had, I don't know, somebody else on it, and he was just kind of laughing at me. And then uh, all of a sudden, Patrick kind of jumped me, and him and I kind of squared off. But uh, there was a lot of action on the ice. It was, uh, it was good fun. You know, Vernie, Jason brought up a great point with all that equipment and skating out and swinging around. Like, I know how hard it is and how tough it is. I was always trying to get out of my gear as quick as I could. But what was the, what's the hardest part about goalie fighting or fighting another goalie with all that gear on? Well, I was already exhausted by skating to the red line. <laughs> so that's a start. And then to go in there and all the 
all that could run through my head was I have a older brother that used to get in a few fights in hockey and stuff like that. And he says, whatever you, if you get in a fight, just start throwing and don't stop. Just try to keep going. And that's all I tried to do. And then I was so fatigued that I grabbed his, his leg and kind of flipped them over. And that was the end of it. And I was, I was totally fatigued and uh, I was done. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's, you know, it lasted, uh, it was a very short fight. It seemed like it uh, went on for minutes, but it didn't. It went on for seconds, and uh, and that was it. But it was, uh, you know, it was it was something that uh, I think all the players in the organization, we all gathered around each other, and that was a, that was a point in, I think, Detroit history that uh, we were willing to stick up for each other and fight for each other, and uh, that's what it takes to uh, win Stanley Cups, so... And history went on from there. Yeah, hey, Bernie, one thing I always wanted to ask you, right, because I grew up watching the Battle of Alberta and then, you, you know, when you guys <laughs> and stuff like that. But the Battle of what, how, and you were in the middle of it, right, goaltending, winning a cup with Calgary before. So you had a perspective because you were in some great battles. What's the difference between the Battle of Alberta? Because that still goes on today. Every time those two teams plays, it's more of an old school hockey. But was there a comparison or can you, you know, tell the listeners um, what it's, if there's a difference or is there like all similarities? What is it from your perspective? I I, I think it starts with, uh, you know, where both cities are in the same province and they're you know the the media get involved the radio stations get involved the fans get involved and there's a there's a bit of a hate on both sides and we're better than you and this and that and it goes back and forth and it's been going on for years and i think everybody in the province gets into it and i it, it magnifies it that much more um one i never fought grant fear or anything else we just kind of stood back and watched everybody else go at it but there was a, you know, there was a hate. I remember one time where Doug Risebrow got in a fight and he somehow got a hold of one of the guy's jersey and he was trying to cut the jersey with his skate, like mm-hmm. rip the jersey in half. So there there was a real hate on. And, uh, you, you know, it's, uh, and it was a battle. Back then there was, you know, Brad McCrimmon got a cross check across the nose and got 20 stitches and it was just a hate on for each other and the hockey was a lot more dirtier back then and things but uh you know the rivalry with uh, the red wings and the, the avalanche it 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 became something like that and there was a hate and it started with the the claude lemieux and the draper hit and it it still goes on i think to this day but uh rivalries are good for hockey and uh it shows the passion that the players do have for the game and you can see it it comes out in them so i mean i think that's what catapulted us you know to win a stanley cup that year and then they repeat it a few times after so it's it's contagious and it runs throughout your organization once you have that what is it we're talking with mike vernon obviously stanley cup champion with us in detroit in uh 97 we're talking about his role slipping the left i always tell everybody is that when they're having a bad day don't worry you can always it could always be worse you could be patrick waugh and i'm not talking because i scored all the goals on him i said my my buddy the little midget uh 50 year old cowboy slipped the left on him and freaking cut him open and then his little his baby brother chris osgood 12 years old beat him up the next year so what (laughs) 
<laughs> what what a uh, couple things, Vernie? I want to ask you uh, what you got going uh, these days and stuff, and um, if you still watch the game, and uh, if you do. Uh, a couple things that you like about this new game because you you nailed it. It ain't our game. It ain't the game you grew up playing. It ain't the game that when you came here and played with me that we were playing. But uh, any thoughts on uh, today's NHL? Yeah, today's NHL is different. I mean, the biggest guy on the the ice seems to be the goaltender nowadays, and uh, the the smaller guys are you know defensemen and forwards because they're quicker. The game is so much faster. Uh, and the talent level and um, you know the, these guys are also do have some size to them but you're seeing very skilled players out there now um, the one thing I don't really like it's it's the game is very quick and that's fine but I don't see a lot of hitting and finishing checks and things like that and you, you know but once you get into playoffs that's what you see you start to see more of that and um, the game you know, there's a lot of soft penalties, and I don't like soft penalties. I think penalties you got to earn them. Uh, you know, you you got you got to take a penalty to prevent a goal or something, something a little stick on the hands or the body or something like that. They're calling. I don't think that's a legitimate type penalty. Um, that's the new game, though, and uh, it is what it is. But there are some great skilled players. They've taken the the game to a whole new level it's fast you know there's some unbelievable goals that are being scored um i don't like a lot of goals being scored behind the net goaltenders going down i don't understand that one but anyway it's uh, i don't understand some of the game but uh, my kid plays in colorado college and he's a goaltender there and we talk about it a lot so i do watch hockey uh still quite a bit my youngest boy plays so we do uh I do watch the games. I still watch uh, the Red Wings when they're on or the, the Calgary Flames at times. And, you, you know, you played for Daryl Sutter. He's back in the saddle yeah, in Calgary. No doubt, and he's, right? got his, he, he's got his hands full. So yeah. it's uh, it, it's a tough format now. And uh, it's a crazy year. This the, the whole year with this COVID has been very crazy for everybody. But I'm just glad that hockey is being played. Hockey is being played down in the United States in the college ranks and things like that. Up in Canada, unfortunately, uh, we just started to get our junior players playing and things like that. It's been a long haul for these kids. And uh, it would be just get back to some normalcy, get back to playing hockey, which we all love. You know, uh, I appreciate your time. I uh, hope can't wait to see you again. I hope everybody's safe. You mentioned, <laughs> you mentioned Matthew uh, playing at Colorado College. Um, uh, Griffin, my son Griffin just got named head coach for UCLA, uh, men's hockey oh, team. Wow. Yeah. So he graduated from there. And so, uh, we might see you around the, around the pipeline, Bernie, but, uh, Hey, I, I appreciate call you it, hey, as always. Call anytime. Ollie, I'd love to chat. So. All right. I will. Anytime, Let's, uh, I'm let, always around. Uh, good to hear. You're the best. That's the, uh, that's the veteran. That's the, you know, as you can see, Mike Vernon, he, is you see what he brought to the team as far as being the veteran, but it's the way that he handles himself, how he always talks at that demeanor. He's always the cool cowboy. So, guys, when we come back here on uh, the Enforcers show, what's important, too, is uh, always down the road, is I don't want to forget, is some of the media guys that were 
around at the time that you might know might have an opinion on this. We might have some words from it. We'll hear from them anyways when we come back on the Forster's show. This is Darren McCarty, AM760, WJR. The tournament is in full swing and the action hasn't disappointed. Maybe you like Sister Jean and Loyola Chicago for the upset. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting new customers in the center of action. Bet $1 on any tournament game. If your team wins, you win $100. It's that simple. I repeat, turning $100 in, or $1 into $100 is 101 odds. Even a hockey player can figure that out. Pick any college basketball team that's still in the hunt. For your shot at winning $100, all it takes is a $1 bet and that team winning their next game. Don't worry, if college basketball isn't for you, DraftKings Sportsbook has 101 odds on selects fights for this weekend's UFC 260. Mikoch, Mikoch, Stipe. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app. Now and use promo code WJR when you sign up to turn $1 into $100. If the college basketball team of your choosing pulls off the win, that's code WJR to turn $1 into $100 for a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services Gambling Disorder Helpline at 800 800- 270 21 and older, Michigan only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for full terms and conditions. One of my favorite Detroit media, Uncle Stevie Courtney, and catching five to seven in the other booth. They won't let me in Mitch's booth anymore. One I went in there one time. I can't imagine why. Well, I made his chair smell like weed, I guess, or something. Oh, I don't know. Um, anyways, uh, Darren McCarty here. Thanks for joining us on this special uh Red Wing D-Day. Let's go to the phones, and I appreciate you holding on here. Big David, what do you got for me, kid? Hey, Darren, a pleasure to talk to you. You yeah, too. March 26, 1997, an incredible day in Red Wing history, and uh, it was the beginning of so many great things to come for the wing wheel. So this is a perfect segue into what was just said. You know, it starts with Larianoff and Forsberg. Not too many fights between the two of them, I got to wonder how much of that was orchestrated purposely by Lariana. Did he realize the timing was now yet you're on the ice with Lemieux, Shanahan was there and this, this was it. Let's go. You know what that Dave, because that's is a great question. I, I don't pose it. Did he know? I, I say that looking back from my perspective, this is the, I don't know, the looking down from above, uh, from the rafters is that in life it's the elders right it's the experience that knows as much as I knew my role that when I got a chance to rip his head off I was gonna do uh, do you think that Larry Onoff knew that that I think that's a very valid question to ask him I don't care because it happened but it wouldn't surprise me and I would actually be in a betting man say absolutely more so to the fact that he did he did know what he was doing. And if you hear him in the Russian Five where he says, sometimes you just have to stand up for yourself. And and that's sort of, I guess, his way of not knowing what was going to happen. But if if anything was going to happen, that was the perfect time. You got to remember, we had Joey Kosher too, but he was sick that day. Yeah. Right? So that's the way uh, it sort of happened, Dave. But that that's one thing that you think back and whole picture of understanding why. That's one of the great reasons why, and you know that's why I call it the karma or the god shot or whatever. 
Well, when you got a nickname like the Professor, you got to think he's calculated everything. He's thought it all the way through. He so, knew. So Eric. So Eric Dorsch says, yes, absolutely, Dave. 100%. He 100%. Absolutely. He, he, I said it to you before the show. You got Darren on the ice nearby. He, he knew exactly what he was doing. He was I, ready for this. I like it. Thanks for holding on the line. Let's go to Chris. Chris, what you got for me, bro? Hey, Mac. How you doing, man? This is awesome to be able to talk to you. Uh, 97, I was 15. That's not really much to do with my life. So I watched some TV, flipping channels. And that's right when uh, Larry Onoff and Forsberg started off. At that time, I wasn't really much of a fan for sports, but then watching you drop Lemieux, people say that he didn't turtle, but he was definitely licking his own blood off the ice that night. From there on, I was just hooked, man. And I owe all of my just all of my Eisenman signed jerseys, my Gordie House signed puck, all of my memorabilia is pretty much started collecting from watching you just destroy Lemieux that night. Well, you know what, bro? Karma is real. And you know what? To Claude Lemieux, and, and I say this because I call it like I see it, right? As a player, I have no respect. But after doing some autograph signings and meeting him, I respect him as a man. You know, like go out to dinner, go golf with him. Like he's a he's one of those people that it's like the character he plays on the ice. And you know what? That's That's sort of what he did. But he told me that he didn't turtle. He was knocked out. He said, it's the hardest he ever been hit. And I was like, thank God, because it's the hardest I could ever hit you. <laughs> well, we got to look at it. like Ali and Frazier. They liked each other. They still had to go toe to toe eventually. So it's that thing. Eventually you got to, whether you like the guy or not. And like you said, I'm sure he's a great guy. But at that moment, that's what needed to happen. So let me give you guys a little caveat here of this little story. Um, because so all this event happened and we know, like I just mentioned, Uncle Steve Courtney on the Mitch Albums show. Well, Mitch Album, being as huge as he is, was a huge. My mom, Roberta. I don't know if you're listening or whatever, but she, my sister, Melissa, we, we actually, after he did this, we came up with a saying to Mitch that, that he probably wouldn't like. We're not the biggest fan, but my mom was the most mad because he wrote an article in the next day about it was sort of barbaric and stuff like this. So my mom had all Mitch's books and stuff, and, and I wonder, uh, because I asked... Uh, Double B, Brandon Blake, to uh, ask Mitch if he he remembered this because he's a guy that's been around and obviously, uh, you know, somebody I look up to and uh, has been around for a long time. So uh, it'll be interesting. I haven't heard it, but do we have Mitch's thoughts here? Hey, Darren. Uh, Mitch Album here, and I'm happy to share my recollections of Fight Night at the Joe, or Bloody Wednesday, or Brawl in Hockey Town, or however you want to remember it, March 26, 1997. You and I remember that quite well because uh, I wrote a column off of that game that decried the violence and how everybody in the Joe that night just loved the fact that you beat the hell out of Claude Lemieux. And uh, you didn't particularly care for that column. Neither did your mom. Uh, and I heard from plenty of other people around it. But what happened, I think, then was all the guys in the team were so inspired by that. And basically it said, you know what? We're not impressed by the Colorado Avalanche. And, uh, w you know, we're tougher than they are. And sure enough, uh, you went on to win the Stanley Cup that year. And, of course, that led to, you know, amazing things 
afterwards. So it was it was that night, and it's weird how a night that's just another, you know, just a March game could affect the playoffs, but it did. And the confidence that was needed to win in the playoffs came from that night and came largely from Darren's total annihilation of Claude Lemieux. So while I may not have um, been all that fond of the, of the violence at the time, I have to admit that in hindsight, that was the, that was the moment that the Wings won the Cup. You know, it, I was fitting that uh, that year you ended up there and scoring the game-winning goal in that last game uh, over the Flyers, and and uh, it was a hell of a year. It was a hell of a fight, and it was a hell of a night. Love it, Mitch. Love it because that's the whole thing. You guys heard it. Mitch Alm just said, "Sorry, Dmac, I had it wrong," and you know what? It turned into something big. No, I'm just kidding. Thanks, Double B, for getting that. Um, uh, trust me, so Mitch should know my uh, my mom and I forgave him for it because uh, he, uh, understanding stuff like that. But that's what being Detroit's all about. And I think that the whole point, right, is that it was the fact that we stuck up for each other, win or lose. So we're going to take a break here. Um, we come back. We're going to tie things up. Obviously, I uh, got to talk a little bit of uh, golf. But uh, if uh, anybody else, uh, what a great uh, remember. Thanks for calling in. And uh, we'll be back here. Uh, the Enforcer Show, AM760 WJR. Oh, sorry. That's DMAC, of course, because I dropped the DraftKings Sportsbook. America's top-rated sportsbook app is putting new customers in the center of the tournament action. Bet $1 on any tournament game, and if your team wins, you win $100. It's that simple. Turning $1 into $100 is 100 to 1 odds. Pick any college basketball team that's still in the hunt for your shot at winning $100. All it takes is a $1 bet and that team winning their next game. Go Michigan. Download the draft, the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code WJR when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 if the college team of your choosing pulls off the win. Go Blue. That's code WJR for a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. For, uh, if someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services Gambling Disorder Helpline at 800-270-7117. 21 and older, Michigan only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for full terms and conditions. That's a fish. A fish, I yeah, don't know. Yeah. I think you can catch it. It's an ocean fish. I could see Sean catching a fish. He's just going to weigh it out there, catch it with his bare hand, and just grill it on up. He looks. He could be a netter guy. Uh, he could be. He yeah. could be a netter guy and, and grilled fish and actually maybe t- uh, fish tacos. That's the one thing. Next year, Eric, when we invite you over to his house, for the, for the like next 2022, yeah. Yeah. We're, we'll do fish tacos. It's true, though. I, I don't get invited. My wife has an invite to this barbecue in a couple of weeks, and I'm still waiting for mine. It's crazy. Yeah, well, no, no, no. Your wife's invited. So I'm saying she got right. invited. Brandon, Brandon, you're good for a couple weeks, right? Yeah. All yeah. right, Jay, you're good, right? I'm good. Yep. Okay. Yep. No, we're all off the floor. We're all good, Eric. Don't worry about it. Hey, uh, we were trying to figure <laughs> out the golf bets, and this week where Eric go go through, and usually we argue, and now like you know the the minds. I always tell you because Bryson DeChambeau, we're on the opposite side of this and that. But it's the knockout. Now it's the Crazy. match play. Dell. It started on Wednesday. They play head-to-head and group pool, and we're trying to figure out. Um, According to what I have, because you mentioned Kisner as a name. Yeah, Kisner he, is down two. 
yes. to Kucher on 16 at this particular Yeah, match. so it doesn't look so, good, but that was a good bet because they were heads up. Jordan Spieth moved on to the playoff round. I don't know about Berger. I think Patrick Reed's out. Anyways, it was goofy. Um, you know, one thing that I'm excited about this weekend is uh, NASCAR Sunday is at Bristol, which is but it's a half-mile dirt track. And and to hear different things, I saw my boy Brad Kozlowski uh, tweet out a photo of the of the car hood. It's going uh, before picture, and then uh, <laughs> but lunch to the other drivers, uh, loving the way that they handle and stuff like that. So um, I look forward to that. You got any plans to golf this weekend or anything? I'm gonna try to I, if, if the wife lets me, which is crazy. No, what yeah, if the let, wife lets me? If my if the wife lets me, you mm-hmm. want to go? Listen, you want to do what she does. I for for a job. Come on, you and I both would be happy to oh, you which, know, to do that. For which a job. Uh, which by it. which by the way, uh, Aaron, it'll be interesting, and we will touch on this. But uh, um, it was interesting to see the new tournaments that were going to the um, what what is it called the uh, Rocket Mortgage? No, no, but but now they're allowing like just moving down the cycle into oh, more of the, yeah, yeah. The, into the city and different things like that. Yeah, and Dan Gilbert's different yep. about the qualifiers for different people and stuff. Yeah. Um. So so that's cool. We look forward to uh, definitely uh, being out there. Uh, other than that, I will. Um, oh, I, opening day. Anybody going down to opening day? I wish that'd be great. That'd be awesome. No, anybody. Well, I will be. I will be roaming around down there. Uh, and, you know, it's weird to say the brass rail and not be a strip joint. So it's, oh, uh, it's, it's, it is just weird. It's not. So we're going to be hanging out uh, down there, obviously masked up, and everybody, uh, you know, take care of yourselves. I know that uh, it, we reported over at Ford Field uh, that, you know, they were allowing uh, people who wanted vaccines. Went, went today to get it. Went and got one today, actually. Well, can you please explain how you, the experience was? I, I thought it was a great experience. They, you know, they, they, they move you along pretty quickly. They've got everything separated out pretty well. You feel like you've walked all the way around the stadium with where they have everything at. But by the time it's done, they, you know, they, they put you in a little little enclosed area, give you the shot, and then you kind of go sit in the concourse in separated chairs. They put a little uh, sticker on you that says, this is the time you can leave. And you got to sit for 15 minutes so they can observe you and all that. But overall, I thought it was great. They were, you know, when we got there, they were stopping letting people in because I think they had the number for the day. Okay. 